Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. I want to share something that's been burning on my heart for a while. And uh, I brought a little box to illustrate it. This is my treasure box. I've got some very precious things inside here. Um, obviously, uh, I, I actually was given this. Claire was given this. This is a little gift. It represents our holidays and stuff. We didn't go. This was from Israel. It's, it's genuine um, olive wood from Israel. But, you know, I have got my family. Oh, my kids. This is one of the weddings. Oh, they, they're my treasures. They're right there. And obviously, we got Claire. We got Claire. Yeah, my wife. There we go. There we go. <laughs> she is so pretty. And these things are really close to my heart. Oh, my, my business. My business. Yeah, I've got to do the banking. And don't forget my sports. You know, uh, rugby, cricket, we got it all. Right? right? Um, this is what's precious to me. But, you know, all of this stuff is here, and I've got to keep it really safe, uh, especially Claire. Come on, you go in line there. Come on, there we go. <laughs> Sweetheart. And, and it's really lovely. And, and so, but you know what? I also think God is really precious to me, too. He really is. But um, how, uh, what am I going to do? I can't seem to uh, get this. What am I going to do? Any ideas? Um, you're joking. I've got to take Claire out. <laughs> and maybe I need to take my family out, take my holidays out, take my business out of my, what's really occupying my mind, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Word of God can fit in nicely. And look at that. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we want more of God, but maybe we need to declutter and I'm not saying, you might say, but Wayne, Claire, she's important. She'll slap you if you take her out of the box. <laughs> you know, she's important, you know. But I'm not saying I don't care. I'm just saying God is more important. I'm not saying you can't have a holiday and go abroad. But I think God is more important. And sometimes we cry, God, I want more of you. Okay, well, then maybe you need to just empty a little bit of the clutter that is inside our lives. You know, I'm not the only one who was going through this. The disciples went through this as well. Um, you know, they, Peter comes up to Jesus and uh, says, Hey, Jesus, we've been with you for three and a half years now. And, you know, we, we left all. We left everything. And Jesus answers and says, Yes, you have, actually. No one has left brothers, fathers, mothers and fathers, wives and children, all lands, houses, for my sake and the sake of the gospel. We will not receive a hundredfold. They had left, left everything. You see, what they had done is they had made Jesus the center of their circle. They had literally taken family and put them on the outs and said, Jesus, you're number one. Yeah. I'm pressing into you. They had taken out all the healing and all the provision. And they said, Jesus, I'm trusting you. You're going to be my provider. Peter used to be a fisherman. Now he's following Jesus. Well, who's going to provide for my family? And Jesus was taking care of that need. They had put in everything into that uh, Jesus, into their box, and taken everything else out. Jesus was uh, walking down the road with the disciples, and he's heading towards Jerusalem. 
and he's trying to broach a subject. And the disciples were very, they were battling to understand what he's about to say. And in the Gospel of John, um, Jesus starts to talk about this, and I want to share about what he's talking about. He, he heads towards Jerusalem and says, Go up into the upper room and prepare dinner for us, a supper. We call it the Last Supper. Now, when you're about to pass away and die, you call the family and your loved ones around and you say the most important thing. You've only got literally hours left. Jesus knew he only had a couple of hours left. This was not the time to talk about the rugby. Sorry, JC. It's just not the time to talk about the latest scores. This is all of a sudden where you, you get serious and you say, listen, I need to tell you this, this, and this. I remember when we were going away um, on a little holiday, just a weekend away, um, and uh, so we were going to leave the children behind. Yes, they're teenagers, they need to senior school, so they could look after themselves, but still, we were going to leave them behind. So we called them in, we sat them down, and we said, now, here's the hotel number, something should go wrong. There's your food, do this, get in bed at this time, you will not have any girls over to the house, you will not, and we, we said what was important. Hello? gave them a hug and a kiss, but it was most important what we were telling them. Jesus is in the upper room having supper with them, and he uses these chapters, chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, thereabouts in John, to talk to them about the most important things. This wasn't just about hugging and loving anymore and guys having a bit of banter. He got serious about this, and he says to them these words. He says, I'm leaving you. Shock, horror, grabs it. What do you mean leaving us? Where are you going? How can you leave us here? We have forsaken everything to be with you, Jesus. You are my healer. You are my provider. You are everything to me. And you're going? Uh, uh, excuse me. We've invested into you. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, no, I, I'm, I'm going. And where I'm going, you can't come. Uh, and, and these guys are starting to panic. And they, the, the scriptures actually say they were troubled, really worried. The whole chapter of 13 is where, how troubled they really are. And Jesus says his words, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Who's going to look after me? Four times, Jesus now starts to talk about the most important subject. In, the, in three chapters, four times, Jesus talks about this subject. And he says, don't worry, guys. And he says, how can we not worry? So he says, you can come and follow me afterwards. And the disciples, but we don't know how to get there. And Jesus says to them, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. Come and nudge your neighbor and say that. I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. I am the way. You didn't have to repeat that last part. I'm preaching now. You can just listen. <laughs> I am the way. Jesus says these words in John chapter 14. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the disciples are saying, oh, but what are you talking about? I don't understand this. You, you, I, I need stuff. I, who's going to provide for me? How is this all going to work? And Jesus continues and says, I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you the helper. And the Amplified says a counselor, comforter, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. These are all different names given to who? The Holy Spirit. That he will remain with you always. I am going away, but the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and he will be with you. Can I ask you, where is Jesus right now? 
He is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. In his resurrected body, he is in heaven, seated with the Father. That is repeated in Scripture. Romans 8.34, Acts 7.55, Ephesians 1.20, Colossians 3.1. The list just goes on and on and on, saying Jesus is seated in heavenly places. But he says, I will come to you. Jesus is saying, guys, I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit is going to be the one that is now going to look after you. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to provide you with employment. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to give you peace and joy and long-suffering. It's the Holy Spirit that will be your teacher. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to guide you and mentor you. It's the Holy Spirit. What is Jesus saying? Guys, I want you to press into the Holy Spirit. I am going away. The Holy Spirit is coming. I want you to trust him. I want you to press in. To the Holy Spirit. Can I just pause for a moment? Some of us sitting in the room, you might have a feeling of that empty nest feeling because maybe someone's taken stuff out of your box. Maybe you're not able to have holidays, or maybe you're not your family's bereaved and you've lost them. Maybe something, and maybe you're feeling very, very empty today. Maybe you're battling with depression. Maybe you're battling and you think, I don't, my employment's not right. My relationships aren't right. I'm not feeling the love and the health and I'm not feeling everything else. I'm feeling a little alone. I want to give you some good news this morning. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care what situation you're going through. The Holy Spirit's still with you. Will you trust Him? Will you put your trust in Him? I want to just reread that verse again. Jesus said these words, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I thought you were sending the Holy Spirit. Now you're saying, I will come to you. And I'll pray to the Father and he'll give you another helper. And the next verse says, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, wait, wait, let me just break this down slowly. I will be with you. Who is the subject of that sentence? Jesus. I, Jesus, will be with you. But you just said you're going away. I don't understand. Are you going or are you staying? I will be with you. But now, listen, Jesus was the way. He was the truth. Hang on. It says there, and the spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit whom cannot receive. So Jesus has come to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. Read the last line, because you know him, for he deals with you. Who do you know? Who did the disciples know? They knew Jesus. Who was dwelling with them? Jesus. And then it says, and then I will be with you, in you. So Jesus hasn't lied to them. The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of truth is Jesus, and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is there in with them. And you say, oh, Wayne, this is so complicated. I don't understand. Well, I've got some good news for you. When you give your heart to Jesus, and you believe that He's your Lord and your Savior, when you believe that Jesus went onto the cross and you died for your sins and that His blood has forgiven you and He was raised again on the third day, instantly at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit. One of His names is the Spirit 
of truth. You say, Wayne, explain this to me. Have a look. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 and 10. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. When you got saved, you got this Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So here, Paul is saying, but it's the Spirit of Christ. So when you get saved, instantly the Holy Spirit, also called the Spirit of God, also called the Holy Spirit, also called the Spirit of Truth, also called the Spirit of Christ, lives in you. Let me explain it this way. You know God's names, don't you? What do God's names do? They represent and explain to us humans what God's character is like and what his nature is like. He is Jehovah Rapha. What does Rapha mean? It's the healer. So it's the God that heals and restores. So, oh, so when I know him as Jehovah Rapha, I've seen another attribute, another character trait of Almighty God. He is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. So I now learn another attribute and I start to experience his peace. Is that right? He is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. So when Abraham was stuck and he had to kill his son, and God provided a lamb for him. So he now learned God through and knew God through a new name, which revealed his personality, his character, and his nature. Well, the Holy Spirit is also God and works the same way. The Holy Spirit, he's only one, the third member of Trinity, lives inside of you, but is then revealed, the different names reveals those different attributes and character traits. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of God. And He lives in you. Somebody say amen. amen. Read that verse again. I want to highlight a different word. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And I will pray to the Father and he will give you another. That word another in the Greek is a Greek word alos. And it means this. Another of the very same kind. Another of the same kind. Who was Jesus to the disciples? He was their protector, the feeder, the employer. He did all that. The Holy Spirit of the same kind. The Holy Spirit's going to do the same thing. He's going to provide for you, feed you. He's going to look after you, give you peace, give you the joy. He's going to do the same things. Another of the same kind. So the Holy Spirit perfectly represents Jesus in every way. He duplicates his ministry to such a degree that whatever Jesus would say, the Holy Spirit says. Whatever Jesus would have done, the Holy Spirit will do. Jesus was leading them, the Holy Spirit would lead them. Jesus was giving them peace and strength, Holy Spirit will give them peace and strength. <laughs> These are very uh, interesting. Oops, gone too far. Have a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and this will kind of cement it. This was the, what really triggered it for me, and I said, ah, oh, understand. The context of the passage is actually talking about mysteries that we don't understand, like this. How can God be, Jesus be up there, but in here, and every, oh, I'm so confused, I'm so confused. Wait, wait, just read this quickly with me. God has revealed these mysteries to us through His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, okay? For the Spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit, searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things 
of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Do you all agree with that? Only my spirit knows really what I'm thinking and what I want my tense are. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have not received, not the spirit of this world, but we have received the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. The Holy Spirit, the third member of a trinity, is watching what the Father is doing, and he represents it to us. He's looking at what Jesus is saying and doing, and it represents it to us. We have, and I say it again, the Holy Spirit living inside when you got saved. Wow. It is only one person's getting it. I'm going to say it again. You have the Holy Spirit when you got saved. Wow. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. Jesus said exactly that. In John chapter 16, verse 14, he says this. He, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will glorify me. Holy Spirit always points back to Jesus. Have a look at Jesus. Have a look at Jesus. That's what he does. He points to Jesus. He will take of what is mine. He'll take of what is Jesus Christ's. And he will declare it to you. That is the Holy Spirit's nature. The Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Christ, he does that. He looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, what are you saying? I'll take it and I'll give it to Wayne. What do you want Wayne to do? Okay, Wayne, Jesus wants you to do this. That is why I can say these words. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Because it's actually Christ in me through the Holy Spirit, the hope of glory. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Who's knocking at your door? Jesus, but through the work of the Holy Spirit. I am crucified with Christ. No, No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Through the Holy Spirit. Not that, uh, that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. That Christ might dwell in my heart through faith. It, this verse carries on. All things that the Father are mine. So Jesus is saying, Dad, Heavenly Father, all of your stuff is mine. And even Jesus said, I don't do anything or say anything except that the Father tells me. So the Father and Jesus are one, and the Holy Spirit says, what are you guys saying? Right, I need to tell Wayne. What do you want him to do? I will tell Wayne. He is the perfect representative of them. That's why we call him the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Christ. Well, we press in. Lord Jesus, what do you want to show me? What are you teaching me? And the Holy Spirit will whisper in our hearts. I want to show you this verse. Or maybe you're battling with employment. Where should I work? I don't know. Should I take that job? Shouldn't I? I don't know. You can pray, Holy Spirit, or you can say, Lord Jesus, what do you want? And the Lord Jesus will say, through the power of the Holy Spirit inside, and say, I want you to go over there. And he guides us. He guides, he teaches, he heals. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Three of you now getting it. Let me try this side. You guys have the Holy Spirit living in you. I won't even try that side. That's where all the South Africans are sitting there going, what's happening? (laughs) That verse says, the Holy Spirit 
will be with you forever. The disciples were concerned Jesus was going away. Well, if Jesus is going away, who's going to look after me? I've invested everything into this. I have certain thoughts in my head. Who's going to help me with my pension? How, what, what happens when I get old? Who's going to do the The Holy Spirit is there. And he said, he will never leave you. Listen to this verse in Hebrews. For God himself said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. He repeats himself. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, nor let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. He's got you. He's got you. I'll say it again. He's got you. You don't have him. (laughs) I'll say that one one more time and let it sink in. He's got you. You don't just have him. Who's in charge? Here's a verse for you that really blew me away. When you got saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. Hang on a minute, word of truth. Jesus is the spirit of truth. I'm the way, the truth. Your word is truth. All, it's John 17, 17, the scriptures line up, he is the truth. So when we hear the good news about Jesus, which is truth, you were saved. In whom having believed, we all believed, then you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you got saved, Jesus sealed you and put inside you the Holy Spirit and says, you're mine. You belong to me. That there is like a Roman seal that they would have used in the days of Ephesus. And the way it worked was in uh, Ephesus, uh, where this Paul was staying and where this was written about, in that day was the center, trade center of the known world, bustling commerce, always filled with merchants from Rome. Uh, this is where east and west would meet. Goods from the east would come in and then would be shipped from there through to Rome. Um, and whenever you purchased some goods there and they were packed for shipment, they would be put a seal of ownership. Whoever owned that goods would put their unique stamp on to say, that is mine. Then when they get to Rome, and they unpack the ship, the, the merchants or those servants would come along and say, hey, that goods there are mine, and he knows and the, he's, it's ownership. It was a sign of ownership. When Jesus comes back to fetch us, he's looking for his seal. You're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. Come with me, guys, we're going back. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. But when we give our hearts to Jesus, we are actually giving him our rights. I'm not my own to do as I please, to put in my box what I want. I should actually be focused on what he wants. And it's interesting how many times we find ourselves asserting our rights that actually we don't no longer have. Because we actually belong to him. He says, I've got you. You're mine. I want to read that verse again that I read earlier. You are not controlled by your own sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, the Spirit of the living God. Remember, those who do not have the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Christ living in them, they don't belong to Him. 
And if Christ lives in you, so even though your body dies because of sin, the Spirit gives life because you've been made right with God. I don't care about the flesh anymore. If we die, I'm instantly in His presence. Isn't that amazing? I'd like to just conclude, and this is going to be a long conclusion, so just don't get happy about it. <laughs> Once more, John 14, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you and I'll pray to the Father and He will give you another helper. Well, I hate that word helper. Absolutely loathe the word helper. Wrong translation, scratch it out of your Bibles if you can. I'll tell you why. Joshua was announcing all the lovely festivities that's coming up this next couple of weeks and life party and everything. And I signed up to be a helper. Who is in charge, Josh or me? Josh. Josh. So I go to Josh and say, Josh, what would you like me to do? And he'd say, can you do that? So I go and I do that. But then I go, oh, I think I'm hungry. I want to go home. And I slip out. Josh is the one who's responsible. So I take the easy route out. I'm only human. Is the Holy Spirit our helper? Um, now, Holy Spirit, I'm going to be the best engineer in the whole world. Now, I want you to do that. Make me brilliant. Excuse me? You belong to him. Um, Holy Spirit, <clears throat> I need healing now. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. Do this. Do that. I beg your pardon. I think we've got it wrong. Well, let me just explain to you what that word helper really means. It's a Greek word, parakletos. And you all know this. I've heard a thousand sermons on parakletos, but they've only told us half the truth. Parakletos. The first word, para and then kletos or kleteo, two Greek words put together to form parakletos. The first section, para, literally means to come alongside. Jesus was preaching, and he went alongside the Sea of Galilee to preach. Para. He came alongside. When he crossed over to see the demonic man to cast out the legion of demons, he went para alongside the shore. Same thing applies there. Paul uses this word to describe his relationship with Timothy. He says, the things you learned of me, or the things you learned para, the things you learned alongside of me. As he was along with Paul, he learned some stuff alongside. So yes, the Holy Spirit has come alongside. Claire is alongside me. She's my wife. She's always with me. Everything we do together. Our attitudes are even the same. She likes South African rugby. I like South African rugby. Our traits are the same. Even our habits and gestures are the same. And sometimes she even finishes my sentences. Yes way. In fact, sometimes she gives me some new sentences to say, like, yes, ma'am. The Holy Spirit is exact. Sorry, Claire, I love you so much. Don't worry about it. I'll bring you some flowers when I come home. Um, the Holy Spirit is just like that. He comes alongside. We should go to church together. He has an effect on you. He's close by you. We should have the same attitudes as the Holy Spirit. Not the Holy Spirit had the same attitudes as us. 
We should have the same feelings, the same traits. And occasionally, have you ever had it where you kind of know what the Holy Spirit is saying before he even has to say it? Yeah, 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 I know, Holy Spirit, I shouldn't do that, I'm sorry. And he hasn't even had to say it. Anyone join me there? He's come alongside. I totally agree. The Holy Spirit is your helper. But here's the thing. Who's following the leader? The second word that we have there is kaleo. Parakletos, the second half of that word. And you know what it means? To summons for a strategic purpose, a specific intent, a concrete direction. It's a summoning of somebody to do something very specific. And this Paul uses this word a lot when he says, I was called as an apostle. I was kaleoed as an apostle. I was called with a purpose to preach, to go in and start churches, to multiply the churches. He has, so the Holy Spirit comes alongside and says, go do that. He does not come alongside you and say, what would you like me to do? The Holy Spirit is saying, I want to take you to Jesus. I want you to be more like him in his glory, conform to his image all the time. I want to make Jesus' name great. Wayne, I would like you to do that. Follow the leader. He comes alongside. So yes, he is providing you with wisdom. He is providing you with health. He is providing, yes, but it is to do what he says, not what we say. Parakletos. It's coming alongside of us. We see that word is used in Matthew 9.13. It's a calling to salvation, calling to ministry. I will pray to the Father and I will send you a helper. One of the best words, if you scratch it out in the Bible, helper, I would like you to write the word coach. Seeing as we're in the football and rugby and cricket season, write the word coach, which maybe is a better word. Because all of those there, helper, comforter, counselor, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, they all apply. But he's your coach. See, what a coach does, he comes alongside you in the game and says, attack now. Go into defense now. He takes certain people off the team, puts new players on the team. A coach gives you strategy, improves your performance, optimizes your play. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. I want you to go there. Now, Wayne, listen. If you had to do it this way, you're going to be so more effective if you use my power and my wisdom. Can you see? I want you to go there. He's come alongside me, but I'm encouraging you. Let me give you three examples. Maybe, like Leone, you're a lovely singer. And so she goes to a vocal coach. So the vocal coach teaches you how to sing from your diaphragm. It teaches you how to breathe even when you're singing type things. It teaches you how to sing higher, sing lower, and how to breathe while you sing. Can you see that? He's a coach. Maybe uh, you want to become a better actor, because I know we've got a couple of actors in the house. The Holy Spirit will help you to be more convincing, more dramatic, more comical, and maybe can even help you to cry real crocodile tears when the occasion arises. He's your coach. He comes alongside, but he doesn't do it. When you do it, I will help you when you need it. I will be the oomph behind it, but I need you to do it. Oh, would we press in? He is your teacher. He's your family. He's your employment. Will you press into the Holy Spirit? It's in Him He'll provide healing. It's in Him He'll provide provision. It's in Him that will guide you and mentor you and will give you peace and will give you love. Instead of you putting everything into your box, put Holy Spirit into your box and allow Him to help you. 
I repeat, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. But when I thought you were Pentecostal, I am. I'm going to take a couple of weeks to explain this to you. So come back next week and the week after and the week after. Okay? Uh, and I will explain that I am Pentecostal. But I want to tell you something. Sometimes we're a bit arrogant and we better than the rest. We have the Holy Spirit. When you give your heart to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The disciples never before, they never had before encountered the Holy Spirit. They trusted in a real physical Jesus, and now you expect me to trust in a, a ghost, in a spirit, someone I can't see. Maybe you're saying the same thing. How can I follow the Holy Spirit? How can I make him the center of my life? How can I take stuff out of the box? Can I trust him? What if I don't hear properly? What if I make a mistake? I can't see him. What guarantee do I have that he understands? Well, I can give you a guarantee. It says he is the spirit of truth. That word truth, athletes, something that can be depended on, trustworthy, reliable, true, faithful, sure, firm, and stable and firm. Three times in the next Three chapters, three times in three chapters, Jesus says, He is the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit will not lie to you. The Holy Spirit will not push you in a direction that He doesn't want you, that you can't cope with. He can be relied on. Maybe this morning you sitting here and said, Wayne, I've never trusted anyone, let alone the Holy Spirit. I only trust in myself. It's me who's got you so far. I want to tell you something. Jesus is coming back soon. And if his Holy Spirit isn't in you, you're not going to see him face to face. You're going to face a very uncertain destiny. Please bow your heads with me. Are you ready to meet Jesus when he comes back and he starts to look for the seal of the Holy Spirit? And he's saying, you're mine, you're mine. But is he going to turn around and say, sorry, you're not mine. I don't see the spirit of Christ in you. I don't see the spirit of truth in you. You see, every single one of us has to come to a realization that Jesus Christ is and was the Son of God. He came down to earth one Christmas time and grew, and then he died on a cross. By the shedding of his blood, I can have forgiveness of sin. And I believe that on the third day he was raised back to life. And he's now seated in heaven. And I believe that his Holy Spirit has come to, be, to dwell with us. That's all it means to give your heart to Jesus. That's all it means. Jesus wants to put his Holy Spirit in you right now. Maybe you've, you think you've done it before and you're not sure and you want to make sure. Well, I want to tell you that you can be sure today. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you want to make sure that Jesus and the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, just raise your hand and I want to pray a prayer together. I see one or two hands. Anyone else? Yes, I see someone else's hand. You want to make sure and say, Lord, I know that I want to know. I want the Holy Spirit inside me. I want to make sure for once and for all. There's a whole lot of hands going up. I want the entire church to pray with me. Even if you didn't raise your hand, please would everyone pray with us. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you that your blood washes me clean. I believe you are the Lord and Savior. And I believe that your Holy Spirit now lives in me. I now belong to you. Thank you for living in me. In Jesus' name.